For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey guys, let's play a little hockey. I'm here with Mike D from Orange and Black Pack. Com, well, Orange and Black Pack, Orange and Black Pack on Facebook, and look him up Facebook. on Twitter. What's your Twitter page? It's uh, Mikey D underscore O and P P. And there's a very significant reason why Mikey's here today because uh, I think it was I've been asking Mikey to come on the show for a couple of years because I don't know if any of you know this. I'm a Flyers fan. That's a joke you all know. Um, and the Flyers have been more like this the last several years, ever since the start of the podcast. So essentially, it's my fault. Um, but, roller coaster of emotion. Yeah, that's sure. Roller coaster. We'll go with roller coaster. But all of a sudden, not last, not three weeks ago, four, a month ago, yeah. I finally got, I finally got the text from Mikey going. So uh, I'll come on your show now. And I forgot what <laughs> blowout lo- loss it was at this point because there's been six. But um, could have been after a Sabres blowout. It might have been the Sabres game where he was like, oh, I'm ready to come on now. So here, <laughs> so here we are. So for 30 minutes, I know people call it the Flyers bitch. Fest. We're not going to bitch. We're going to talk about the Flyers and what happened. Sean, uh, Cash and I did one. We're doing another one outside of the Another Flyers podcast realm. Uh, I want to set it up like this, sir. The Hab series last summer during yeah. the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes. I just, my doubts of this team game one. I'm, it's all done. You can verify me. You can click up those receipts if you want on social media, folks. From that first game on, I detected a, an issue. Yeah. And an, an undercurrent. Uh, an, uh, dude, an undercurrent, an uneasy feeling. Something was wrong. Yeah. Something happened. Yes, they were the best team going into the playoffs for lockdown. Absolutely. They started playing again. They got through uh, through those um, preliminary games, and it was okay. And then round one hits, and I'm like, it's something, something broke. The yeah. axle broke. The wheel's flat. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the shorter version of it, and you can elaborate after this, is Niskanen's off in the offseason. Little to no changes. Same team almost going in. 
More same thing. We go in eight, we go eight and two, nine and two or something. And I'm saying the same thing. And the same people online are saying they're eight and two. Shut up. And I was like, I'm telling you there's something wrong. And the wheels have come completely off. My first question, when did you first start knowing or feeling there was a problem? Uh, the first feeling that I had, I mean, it, it kind of predates um, our playoff series uh, with Montreal. Wow. Uh, I, I know the team got hot in the uh, prior, let's call it 60 days before COVID really came down. And, it, and that was good. That's, that's a good thing. You obviously want to get hot at that time of year. Sure. Uh, leading up to that point, I believe we were just over a 500 club. Um, and you know, if, if we had gone on some three game skid, then we could just have easily been leapfrogged and we would have been right back into a bubble, but we didn't, uh, the flyers, you know, they, they, uh, they rallied and, and they started winning a whole lot of games and they were, perf- they were playing really great hockey too. I mean, it was enjoyable stuff you hadn't seen. Uh, through the Hextall era. Um, but uh, so I, I guess it goes back to about, about 2018 when um, I think Chuck had just come in or Hextall was just at the end of it. I knew I was ready by the time Hextall was uh, pushed out. I knew by then I was ready for a move, something, a hockey, a hockey tree, you know, not, not yeah. something like moving Shen and we'll take on Laterra and we'll get two first round picks which, you know, we got uh, Faraby out of it, and he's looking like he's he's going to be a player and a player that we that this organization's been missing for a while. But I I wanted something that meant more to the NHL product. I wanted I wanted I knew Giroux was great. I know that Voracek can play great. Um, you know, Gossespierre he he can play great. I we had players that can play great but it, I knew that there was just a little something extra that we were missing. We can go back to uh, when Mark Stone, when everybody knew Mark Stone was available. And I was like, this, this is a kid. This is a, he's a winger, first of all. And he is constantly in Selkie talk, you know, like he's going to like, he's in the running for the Selkie. And that's, that's, you don't, you don't see wingers winning the Selkie very often. You know what I mean? Like, and Going even back to 2012, when Yager had mentioned that Voracek could, uh, you know, be the, the next Marion Hosa, I latched on to that because I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he can definitely be the next Marion Hosa. But, you know, he's, he's got like a, a million dollar talent and, and a 10 cent head. But when I, when, I, when I knew Stone was available and I saw that there were teams that were actively after him, and then I had read that it doesn't make sense for Hextall to go after him. I'm sitting back like, this is a, this is a kid in his early 20s. He's a top-line winger. He's, great two, he's a great two-way player. He's, in the Selkie, he's going to be a Selkie player. Like, why the hell wouldn't we go after this guy? Why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't we spend draft picks and prospects that we've been gathering to trade for this kid? Um, but instead, of course, he went off to Vegas. Uh, and, and, you know, going back to 2016, when Zibanejad was uh, um, available, I was still drinking the Hextall Kool-Aid and I was just sitting back and saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's a really good player. He'll go, he'll go somewhere and he'll probably do really well. But I know what Hextall's doing here. And 
uh, I've got the patience for it. And, and that's what we were, that's what we're all about. The patient approach and building out the pipeline and letting that NHL product just stale out. And that, that, you know, at the time that was fine because Drew was still in his twenties. Couturier was still in his early twenties, Voracek mid twenties. We still had a good, we still had a very, very good core to build around. And, but I always figured that there was going to come a time like, all right, when are we going to take that big next step? And then when he signed JVR, I was like, all right, now we're starting to take a step. I'm, I'm not a big fan of JVR. I've never really been a big fan of JVR, but I, I thought that that was just, that was a signal. That was a sign. We're ready. We're ready to gear up. And then it just didn't. And I sat around like, well, what are, what are we doing? We're, we're really just going to wait for all these prospects to come up on the in the NHL roster. Even then I knew you, you can't build a complete roster or, you know, virtually a complete roster with just draft picks. They're not all going to pan out. And I understand that we can take a look at their highlights from juniors or NCAA or even across the pond in some of the European leagues, which I value even more because I mean, that, those are professional leagues. Yeah. Those are full grown men. That's why I got so pumped up about Lindblom, you know? And, yeah. And him coming over. I'm still pumped about Lindblom. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not, he's the least uh, of my worries right now. Right. But uh, to, to, to kind of go on, on this tangent that I'm on, um, last year going into the playoffs, especially after the round Robin, I was psyched. I knew you don't have to be the best team to win the Stanley cup. You really don't. Uh, but you do have to get hot going into the playoffs or else you're just going, you're going to have a, a difficult time trying to find your footing, especially in a playoff series. It's pretty difficult to do that. And we didn't have the talent to do it. Um, but after that round robin series and going into game one, you said you started worrying after game one. I'm watching game one, like, all right, we're struggling a little bit, but you know, it is the playoffs. Everyone's psyched up. Um, you know, at least we won that game. We'll show up in game two and then game two. We'll show up in game three. And it's, it, we didn't, we weren't seeing how they were playing. Oh. People are going to like put that blame on Vino and how he switched up the, uh, you know, the, the four check or the, um, or, or uh, his, his strategy and, and whatnot. But dude, you still got players on the ice. They still got to perform. They still got to play hockey and they just weren't, they looked hesitant. They looked like uh, they looked, they looked like they were the lesser team all along. Um, but uh, you know, thankfully they, they pulled through, but after that series, I look back and I'm, I'm like, you know, that Montreal team is going to be, it's, it's going to be dangerous someday. But what, what, like, what the hell was that? How, how can it shouldn't have been like that that year? There's no way. Look, I picked them to win in six, too. So they did. They did win in six. But we got to consider the context. How did they win it? You know, they, there should have been some blowouts. You know, we, we, we should have dictated the game. We should, have, we should have done a whole lot of things, but we didn't. And I knew with the Islanders waiting for us, you know, they're a bigger, heavier team, more defensive. Um, I think their, uh, their goaltending was a little bit more stable at the time. Um, and I'm considering, you know, not just Varlama, but, uh, you know, their tandem, uh, versus ours. Yeah. And so when we went into that series with the Islanders, it was just, it was night and day. Um, you know, there was, which game was it where we'd gone up three, nothing and we allowed them to come back. And I think they even went ahead and we scored uh, a game tying goal. And then it led us into overtime. And then Myers, of course, you know, uh, wins, wins that game. But we won, we won what three games in that in that seven game series, obviously, and they were each in overtime. Uh, and you got to be a good team to get luck 
I know that you've got to be a good team to get. I'm not saying that we're like a doldrum team, but man, you, you've got to show up better than that. And in, in the fact that you had a young player in Travis Konechny who led your team in scoring the entire regular season shows up in the playoffs and doesn't score a goal. I mean, like I, 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 I can, you know, I, I can hope and, and, and be uh, supportive all day long, but it, what's the reality? It, what, why, how could that kid, how could he not, how could he not rise to the occasion? How could several of our players not rise to the occasion like that? And that got me questioning, honest to God, and I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like it's, you know, a knee jerk reaction, but it started, it, it made me start questioning the leadership group. It made me start questioning Drew's leadership qualities or Voracek's leadership qualities, um, Hayes's leadership qualities, you know, and it's, it was, um, it was a very sobering thought. I didn't want to speak it out loud because of obvious reasons. People, well, Flyers Twitter is so discussionary based. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of room for discourse. Mm. Um, but um, I figured, look, um, I might have this feeling that this team has a whole bunch of needs and it's not going to come from the inside, but at least we've got a playoff caliber team. We're going to go into next season. And we're going to do well enough to at least get into the playoffs where they might have their chance, you know, to shut a guy like me up. And we're not even going to make the playoffs. It was a complete and total embarrassing season. I think it was absolutely worse than the 2006-07 season when you consider the context of it all. And Let's just get that out of the way. No question. There's well, okay. no question about that, what you just said. Well, oh, think, sit, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go <laughs> ahead, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking control of the podcast here. I, w- I want you to get I want you to get a couple of words in. But no, they, they're tired of talking. They're tired of hearing it from me. <laughs> but um, I, I lost my train of thought. It's uh, worse than the 06, 07 season. Okay, so, yeah, you, you want to go back. To, uh, if you want to talk about, like, some of the worst moments in Philadelphia Flyers history, you go back to that series with the Blues back in 1969 when uh, the Flyers just got shoved around and Ed Snyder just pulled all stops and said, we're not dealing with this bullshit any, anymore. And he, and it created the broad street bullies. You know, we, we beat the shit. We beat, we beat our way to the Stanley cup. Uh, I'm not saying that we got to go back to that, but you knew then and throughout all of Ed Snyder's life uh, with the Flyers that no matter how bad they, they are, and you could do this in 2006 and 07, no matter how bad they were, you knew that management, ownership, the entire front office was not going to tolerate it. You knew that they were, they were the ones with that's bias for action. Chuck, you know, Chuck Fletcher came in and says, I have a, a bias for action. No, that was bias for action. Good people will tell you, well, where, where did it lead? It, it got you two Stanley Cups in the 70s, but nothing after the fact. Well, you know, we made it back to the final, however many times, six or seven times. Uh, we were a constant playoff team with, you know, a few exceptions. There was heart on the ice. There was heart on the ice. Um, and you're, just, you're, you're missing that, I believe, now. I would say I, I wouldn't feel as bad about this season if I knew that ownership 
and Chuck Fletcher weren't going to tolerate it. Even going, in, going into the season, Vigneault said um, that uh, getting into the playoffs is non-negotiable. And then halfway through the season, when this season, when everything started headed south and we, weren't win- we couldn't buy a win, he said, oh, we're trending in the right direction. And that was, you know, about a month and a half ago or so. I, I mean, we're in COVID now. So like all this time just kind of just. It was 30 years ago, Mike. <laughs> yeah. A month and a half ago, 30 years ago, it's all the freaking same in my head. Uh, and then just today, you know, the Flyers release a video uh, of, of Vino saying that, you know, we're going to take this time to uh, check out some younger players that, that wouldn't take time. And it's just like. I'm, I'm I like, didn't even see it, man. It, dude, I didn't even Groundhog's see it. It's Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog's Day. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. I don't. Want I, to- I don't want to hear any of them. I, I know they have to do the press conference thing, but it actually enrages yeah. me. That I can watch a game and watch them lose six to one now and go, like I said off stream and just go. Yeah, this is it. It's the press conference where I'm like, I'm going to kill one of them. I'm, I'm going to strangle one of them. Stop talking. Now, when he dropped that, when he said um, we're trending in the right direction, that <laughs> that's when I unplugged. Uh, uh, not that I stopped watching. I can't stop. Watching. No, no, I can't. I'm obsessed with hockey. It doesn't matter. If I can watch, I'm going to watch every single game. Uh, but um, that's, that's right around the time where I was like, there isn't anything he can say. And it's not on him. I'm not putting it all on him. Oh, no, no, I hear it. It's, it there's literally nothing anybody can say. You can even go to Chuck Fletcher's uh, press conference, uh, you know, the state of the flyers uh, 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 interview that he had. And I just knew it was going to be a whirlwind of cliches or, you know, just uh, bullshit. I, I ignored all of it. I, I'm just, my, you and I have been watching hockey around the same amount of time. I, mm-hmm. I luckily got into it like the year before uh, Lindros came to town. Okay. And I guess it was because they knew it was a possibility. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember how I was too young, but I just remember going to my first hockey game and going, this is this, this is what I want to be part of this. <laughs> Either way, fandom wise or whatever, uh, the other way we've discussed uh, privately, that's not happening. Never was going to happen. Um, but hockey all the way, hockey and basketball. Well, mm-hmm. well, but we'll talk about that off air. One time you and me as uh, <laughs> local guys, um, but it was all about the hockey. And then luckily two years later, another hockey team was put in right across the street. Mm-hmm. So it was Fantastic. like per- perfect timing. Won a Calder cup second year. It was just, it was perfect timing. I've, I've watched more hockey than I can remember. I've watched more good seasons is bad uh, to, to bring up 06, 07. That's the only year that I put a payment plan down on tickets. Really? And I never did it again. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know. Forsberg's captain will be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no did, that did not turn out. That did uh, not turn out to no. be a very good season at all. No, I just uh, remember ending that many... season with, well, we beat the Devils. We got Marty Buran. Well, we beat the Devils. Well, look, that season, uh, the, the team still went out and they traded for players. I mean, you, yeah. you, we'd, we'd gotten Coburn, we'd gotten uh, Biron, we'd gotten Parent, we'd gotten uh, help me out here. Who, who else did we get? We got. Uh, God, I don't even remember, dude. Uh, then, then what that did was that. Umberger? No, 
No, no, no. That led into the offseason where we traded for Timonen and Scott Hartnell's uh, uh, signing rights. That's right, yes. Signed them. Then uh, we landed Briere uh, on, on free agency. And, you know, th- those, those were the kinds of moves that you expected from a team that did as lousy as they did. And I thought that perhaps maybe this season was going to be a uh, s- similar um, opportunity I know that uh, because we're in uh, a, a flat cap, that's uh, it's not going to rise for some time. I knew that like going out and trading for you know four different players midseason is is just it's it's not going to happen. But I was still kind of hoping that we'd go go out there and and get some get you know a younger, warm body that we could put uh, into the NHL and into onto the NHL roster and lead that into an off season where then we can start making those bigger surgical moves and it was um you know you know scott lawton gets re-signed for five years i like scott lawton a lot great whoopee <laughs> trade away that's what i said trade away gustafson for i mean next to nothing uh, uh I, I was okay with that see you later dude well yeah no i look i, I was okay i was okay with with the trade deadline in general but uh it was just anticlimactic uh just like this like the season's almost been, and it's... Uh, I think the Niskanen thing knocked this whole thing off kilter. I don't know if Chuck had any real plans, um, but I think the Niskanen thing killed it even further. And I kind of compare it to the Phillies where you and I and others are, are acknowledging the problem. Like, Niskanen's a big loss. Mm-hmm. Kelly, and I think Kelly just joined the, the, uh, the show late. Mm-hmm. I told her to wait because we're doing flyer stuff. Um, Kelly, are you there? Well, I'll, I'll ask her in a second. Oh, hello. Uh, Kelly, 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 Mikey, Mikey, Kelly. Um, hello, Mike. Um, when we signed Niskanen, I immediately walked to Kelly. It was like, Kelly, this is good. And then when they lost him, the impact that was told to, like, it's going to hurt the blue mm-hmm. line losing him yeah. and comparing it to the Phillies where there's pitching issues and they did nothing. And the flyers did nothing. They did nothing. I don't know. I, 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 this, this, this is what I'm doing still. And well, in, in, in some of those insiders will tell you all day long that there was nobody else in the NHL trying oh. harder to trade for a top pairing defenseman than Chuck Fletcher. And as maybe as true as that is, he didn't do it. He didn't get the job done. And we went into a season with, uh, you know, Provorov on the top. Uh, and it was just been a revolving door on his right side ever since. Uh, you know, Braun, Braun's been up there uh, pretty much half of the season uh, or maybe a little bit more than that. But I losing Niskanen or him retiring – you knew you figured that something was going to happen, that a shoe was going to drop. And when it didn't, instead we signed Gustafson, who I rem- I remembered his season that he had with the Blackhawks, but I couldn't give a damn. <laughs> Neither could he, apparently. And then I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Gossespair, and I'm like, we're paying seven and a half million dollars between two players who are virtually the same. Now, obviously, you know, looking back. 
Gustafson is not the same as Gustafson Bear. And, and I, I give Gustafson Bear a whole lot of shit for his defense, but Gustafson's defense is just decrepit. It's, it's all- practically non-existent. But I still, even now, I still can't believe, I don't believe that Niskanen retiring and, and just going away is the biggest reason why this team has failed the way that it has. Elaborate. Yeah, yeah, please, please. I don't friggin' know. <laughs> it's a gut. It's a gut feeling. Like Niskanen. Look, he was a he was a solid player. I liked Niskanen the way that he looked on on this line. I liked him with Provorov. I thought, you know, uh, I didn't expect him to be here. But I, you know, I, when we traded for him and, and he had two years left on his term, I expected him to play out that uh, that contract and then move on into the sunset or, or, or sign with some other team, because by then maybe perhaps Sanheim uh, was done, has done well enough where he can go up or Myers perhaps could go up. But it, like I said, it's, a, it's just a gut feeling. I think that it's did Niskanen leaving obviously hurt the team. Yes. Uh, but I don't I, I, like it, it can't, it couldn't have been like the, the biggest domino to fall. It had to have been so much more and it's, the team is missing a, it's missing a glue, whether it's a guy, you know, more than one guy, or it's half the roster has got to be flipped. It's missing a, it's missing a cohesiveness uh, on a, on a game to game basis. Passes aren't, passes aren't being connected. They're bad passes, bad puck handling, uh, uh, hesitancy, the team plays very, very soft, uh, and th- that couldn't have just been all because of Matt Niskanen leaving. Uh, you know, I, I could also say Pitlick, for instance. You know, I had I had no idea who that guy was. You know, Pitlick was. <laughs> and, I just I just like his name. But you see the way that he plays. You yeah. see, the way, you see the way that his engine never quits when he's out there on the ice, and you don't get a lot of that. From, you don't see a lot of that this season uh, from the Flyers at all. So, and I can tell you, when you're on a when you're on a sports team, whether it be hockey or football or anything else, when you see one of your teammates who's putting it out all, all put, pouring his heart out on every single shift or every single time they're on the field, the pitch, whatever you want to call it, that does something to you. And if guys like Niskanen or or Pitlick are playing as hard as they are and as effective as they were, then it's going to elevate the rest of the team. It's going to push the rest of the team. And I don't see, I mean, other than maybe, you know, Drew, Drew for a handful of games this season, who, who, who like he played out of his mind. Uh, we don't, we don't have that consistency from some of the other leaders, perhaps maybe even from Couturier, but you're missing it from Hayes. You know, you, you've missed it from Voracek. I mean, Voracek's been vocal, but he's just kind of sounded like a smacked ass in interviews and whatnot. You know, like, so it's just, it's a different complexion from this team. And uh, I think times either run out or it's running out very, very fast for a number of the veterans. Well, that was, that was my next question. Um, what do you do? Sure. with the core do you do you wait any longer do you break it up um like wh- what do you do at this point no holds barred we're in a vacuum and like all the rules 
the salary cap goes away, no move clauses, they go away, all that kind of stuff? Or are we talking about realistically? Uh, reali- realistic. What do you want versus realistically? What do you think is going to happen, I guess? Uh, well, first and foremost, I think that we, what we ought to be doing is trading draft picks. I think we've got a first round draft pick that we have no business uh, using in, in, in the draft at all. I think it has to be paired with uh, an, you know, an actual NHL player. I think it has to be moved uh, in order to acquire a top pairing defenseman. Um, I think at, at, the, at the very least this offseason, what we need to be doing is uh, getting uh, two more top four defensemen. Um, I think that the uh, bottom six needs a lot more size. I'm not a fan of this, uh, this belief that you can have four scoring lines on, uh, on your roster and every single one of them is speedy. I think you're going to get ripped to shit. You've got to have, you've got to have uh, Braun, uh, not the player, but the actual, you've got to have the, the characteristic. <laughs> you've got to have Braun. You got to hit, you got to, um, uh, you got to take hits. Um, you've got to uh, be able to clear the crease you've got to have that snarl and all of that just sounds like a cliche nowadays, but it, it, it isn't. That's really how you play the game. Um, so what would I would like in the top six? I mean, I, would I, would I love a pure goal scorer? Sure. But you know, those are luxuries. Those aren't really necessities. I'm like, I'm fine with the playmakers. I'm fine with the two way players. Uh, but you know we're we're lacking we're lacking down the spine of this of this team the, the center position which you know we've been drafting centers forever and every every after every draft people are like oh another center oh another center and can we stop drafting centers well we don't have enough centers we don't have enough enough NHL caliber centers that can carry us through three playoff series and then a Stanley Cup final we don't have that and the ones that we do have are another year older. Uh, Kateria is coming up on, uh, on an extension next season. Um, and you got a question, like if we re-sign Kateria, he's going to be close to 30 years old. That, that extension is going to have term anywhere between six and eight years. So, I mean, you're going to be, you're, he's going to be re-signed into his late thirties. It's absolutely going to have a no move clause. And then right behind him is Kevin Hayes who's a seven point, whatever, he's a $7 million player and he's not playing like a second line center. And then right behind him, you got Nolan Patrick. Well, I don't even know what the hell Nolan Patrick is yet. And then everybody else wants to talk about Morgan Frost. I don't know what the hell Morgan Frost is like. So I'm about, gonna, about Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Don't think the dude's a hundred percent. He is. Uh, I, I, I know people are like, well, he's medically cleared. That's, that's wonderful. He's not 100%. I don't think 90% of hockey fans can grasp even the tiniest head injury of what that does to a person, let alone what he went through. I don't think Nolan Patrick's a factor right now. I don't think Nolan Patrick will ever get. And I, and let me preface this. This is not F Nolan Patrick, get rid of him. I hate Nolan Patrick. I don't think he's ever going to be the same for whatever was messing with him. I, I just don't. I, I and I and I'm not like I said. I'm not like the hell with Nolan Patrick. It's over. But I think he's going to be different for now. I don't think he's going to pan out. And that's whatever migraine issue there was. Um, 
here's a question. And hi, Mark. I see you there. Our uh, other co-hosts are starting to join in. So, hi, Mark. Uh, 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 Devils fan. Uh, don't hold that well, against him. He's a good I, guy. I, that was probably one of the only right decisions the Devils made recently was picking Nico over uh, Nolan because uh, yeah, that was a big factor. Who do you pick? And uh, they went that was with a Nico. Big question. Yeah, that was a big question. And I, I was, you know, I maybe I've tweeted it, but I know that there's somewhere on record. I, I said that even if we had the first overall pick, I'd still go with Nolan Pat- Patrick. So when it comes to my intuition, take it with a grain of salt. Sure. <laughs> um, who let's talk about, um, we only got a few more things I'm going to bother you with and I'll let you get back to your life. And, uh, <laughs> I would definitely like you and cash. I'm going to try to organize you and cash coming on at the same time and doing like a year end thing. Okay. Um, if that's okay with you, unless you, in, in, if you didn't enjoy your time, then don't come back. And I understand. I'm enjoying uh, myself. <laughs> um, so are you breaking up? Do you still not trade Claude Drew or do you care just to preface this? And I'm talking to anybody Mm -hmm. except Carter Hart. I don't give a flying rat's ass who's on this team anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. 37. Loyalty's getting me nowhere. I don't care. I don't care if it's Bill, Joe Blow, Bob Smith. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's Claude Giroux. Mm -hmm. Whatever you got to do at this point is where I'm at. I wouldn't be... Uh, I wouldn't be against trading anybody, and and that includes Carter Hart. Uh, okay. Wow. And, well, look, let me let. let oh me yeah. <laughs> back that up. Now, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carter Hart's been he he's taken a step back along with pretty much everybody on this roster. This sure. season. Uh, but uh, you know, if you, if you move somebody like Carter Hart, you're you're probably going to create a bigger hole than uh, the one that you're trying to plug. You know, and so you can't do that with a 22 year old uh, goaltender. So I'm sticking with Carter Hart through and through, unless you're absolutely blowing me away. And I'm, I'm getting, you know, uh, Patrick Waugh in his heyday, uh, but that's not going to happen. So Carter is going to stay where, right where he is. And I'm sure he's going to be uh, a lot better than the way he's playing or he's played this season, along with several other of the players on this roster. Uh, but back to Claude Giroux, um, I can't answer that question without just getting so pissed off that I can't. I, I hear, dude. I hear you. I've been get pissed off thinking about. Look at Sean and me. Look at Cash and I. The last how many? How many times? How many times have we seen through the years? You know, oh, Claude Giroux catching up with this guy and and, and Flyers all time points or assists or goals or this or that. And it's, it's like, like right. You get yourself pumped earlier on, at like in two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. You're like you're pumped to see these things. But then you, you start getting in the back end of that decade and you're like, well, he's not getting any younger. So when the hell are we going to do something to supplement this core? Uh, and then, you know, people will tell you about uh, uh, Holmgren and, and, and the contracts that, that, that he had taken over at that point and the, the salary cap, this and that. And I don't have to get into that bullshit. Everyone's got their own freaking opinion about it. But oh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> like, you, you've got you got players like Giroux. You got players like Voracek. And they're supposed to be uh, generational players for your franchise. And you sit around and you just kind of let them rot on the vine. And so now he's 33 years old. He's got one year left on that, on that contract of his. You got a question, is he going to be resigned? And if he's going to be resigned, what's that cap hit going to be? How long is that term going to be? Do I want, in a perfect world, do I want Claude Giroux to, want to, 
end his career with the Philadelphia Flyers and stay a flyer for his entire career? Yes, without, without question. And even if he were to, to waive that no move clause and we were to trade him, what are we going to get back for that? It, we're not, we're not going to get anything back that's going to be equal value. We just, we aren't. And you could say that like, if we get a couple of NHL roster players for that, who are, you know, in their mid twenties and some picks, maybe a prospect here, you're, none of those guys are going to pay. None of them are a sure thing. And so Claude Giroux is a sure thing. So I'd move guys like Voracek before I would move a Claude Giroux. Oh, okay. I would move Sanheim before I would move Claude Giroux. I'd move Phil Myers before I would move Claude Giroux. And we can go up and down the lineup and I'd probably tell you, I'd move this player and this player before I would move Claude Giroux. I think he deserves better. Um, I think that uh, uh, he deserves to remain a flyer for his entire career. But I also, at the same time, understand that, you know, what I want, what I think or what I believe is really not the reality or what's going to be reality. And so if he, if we can get something decent for him, let's say we go into next season and it turns out to be a big shit burger like this season's been, which is likely, then why not wave your no move clause and move on to greener pastures and get that chance at, at a I just say, if I'm Claude at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm, like, you know, when's I'm out. Up? but we can go back to earlier to our discussion when I started questioning his leadership abilities. You know, and, and so like maybe I maybe my my entire um, my entire vision of what Claude Giroux has been to this team has uh, uh, it, it's not as big and grand as I has have always believed it, it has been. So it's this season is is really been a, uh, a mind. Can I say the F word? I don't care. It, it's been a mind fuck. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to believe. I don't really know what's going to be best for the team this off season. Um, and I, I, I throw my hands up in the air. I, I hope that there's something that's doable. Do I think something's going to happen? I think that there's going to be a significant trade. Uh, and I'm, that gets me kind of excited because it's going to be different because we've just been sitting around staring at the same damn thing. Like you guys have been staring at me talking for the, for the past, you know, nine years. Uh, and I just want something that's different. And if that includes moving on from generational players, then, you know, we, sur- we survived Lindros moving on, you know, the, the, the Oilers survived Gretzky moving on teams survive. You just, you got to move on. Is there anything that before you go, is there anything that I have not asked or reference that you wanted to get out there on this episode before you come back next time uh for now no i think you and i pretty much covered what we needed to cover <laughs> yeah i'm real happy <laughs> <laughs> no i'm mark were you gonna add something no okay good i i just i just saw the devil score so it was uh, oh okay How about not that? Sh- not what shocking. is that what does that feel like does oh. that feel nice you know i hear you guys complaining and yeah, but you've had you've had two cups in the last thirty, three cups three, in the last forty three, years. Three, yeah, zero, <laughs> zero. Know, but, but to That's me, it's baseball. It's baseball season now. So oh, okay, gotcha. It's, That's it's what's like, helped me tolerate okay. the Eagles. That's what's helped me tolerate the Eagles. Is that yeah, 
Right, we finally got our Super Bowl. We got it. We're good for it. Uh, yeah. Even the Phillies a little bit, but except for when Middleton was on his burner account screwing with me, and I was like, uh, "I got you, Josh or John or yeah, whatever." I, the hell I, your I name know is. it's frustrating to yeah to not see your team win. I mean, as Kelly. a Chiefs fan, I don't know what that's like. I watched Kelly. <laughs> I watched it happen. The Caps did it. And you're happy for and her. Kelly. You I feel- was very happy for. Her. But my point was, if anybody understands the agony of watching the same old bullshit. It's Kelly watching the Now she's also a Hershey bears fan. So I don't feel that bad for it, but if she's primarily a Hershey bears fan, I have to look at that poster oh, all the primary. time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, primarily. Yeah. Oh, trust me. Sounds like um, a good woman. Yeah. Well, she picked, <laughs> put up with, she's put up she with me. You call her St. Yes. Kelly. Um, I, I still, every time I watch a caps game. Now I look at Laviolette and I go, yeah, yeah, and that's what it comes down to, Mikey. I don't, I don't mean to cut you short, but no, we have to, I got to yell at the devils now for the next half hour, All which right, I will get pleasure in. Uh, yell we at will, the devil. Yeah, we will figure out how to get you back on. Um, I do want to get you and Cash on for an official Flyers podcast and do a whole hour for the end of the year. So I really, really do appreciate you coming on. I'd be more prepared for that one. I promise you, you sounded good. You put words, you put it more eloquently than I can ever can, which is just F them. (laughs) Uh, Mikey, real quick, where can people follow you on Twitter and Facebook or wherever you want them to follow you? Twitter is uh, Mikey D underscore O and BP. Thank you. If you find me, Leave me the hell alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, don't find him there, but go to Orange and Black Pack. Yes, go to Orange and Black Pack. Because the one thing I do have to look forward to every day is the wonderful photoshops of game day. Because that game is day the, photos, baby. the only thing I have, the only thing that makes me happy, any flyer. Also, I do want to say, and I don't, I don't think you agree with me, but I do want to say, since we're talking about him, leave Gritty out of this. Mascot, bad or not, he'd still exist. It's not his fault. I don't like the way they're using them. I don't like the way they're using them, but I'm saying it's not Gritty's fault. It's Comcast Spectacore's fault. Well, tell Comcast to stop shoving it up my ass. Uh, well, there's a lot of things I wish Comcast would stop shoving in my home, but I can't get rid of them. Uh, Touche. <laughs> right. No, man, I, I, I hear you, dude. Um, no. no, we'll get you on soon. Really, I do appreciate it, um, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you off on. All right, man. See you, man. Thank you, sir. Take it easy. And uh, that was uh, Mikey, orangeandblackpack.com. And just transitioning smoothly, transitioning (laughs) smoothly so I don't have to edit anything. I hope Kelly's still there. Um, Is Paul Baker, our our normal co-host, Kelly Levy is there. And our special guest, wearing the worst jersey in the history of hockey. No, um to talk about the New Jersey Devils and how they rape and pillage through minor league is Mark Viquez. No, but seriously, there's been some Kelly, you're still with us, right? Yep. Uh, there's been some major news and I'm actually going to throw it to Kelly real quick because uh, there's been some major news. And as far as minor league hockey goes, that started this weekend that the Utica Devils has been trademarked, which started a whole fury whole fury of news and it eventually came out that the devils are moving out of Binghamton. We'll get to that soon, Mark, but I think Kelly's the one that pointed out that the Utica comets are the ones that grabbed the trademark. Yes. 
because your your thought was uh, my thought was well i guess they're going to go after the devils or they have an agreement with the devils you know gentleman's agreement or whatever maybe i don't know that for sure that's pure speculation yeah kind of makes sense though they've been there before yeah yeah absolutely i i I think it was more of a listen we got the trademark we're we're ready for you like bring it on uh which brought up all kind of nasty feelings for me which i take personal which we'll get into in a second but the binghamton devils story is coming to an end mark and paul everybody's on board here um what what three years there were two years was it only i was gonna say it wasn't a long time it was four years three uh, they were the Three. devil from 87 to 93. Utica, yes. yes. No, no, I mean Binghamton. Binghamton oh, recently. From, from 2017 to 2020. Yeah, yeah, so. This year they played That's at right. the Three devil's years. practice. So like Kelly said, three. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's, that's actually Rob, Rob Esch, who the Comets president trademarked the name. And there, there is also speculation that perhaps he wants that name uh, for nostalgic reason maybe introduce a brand of merchandise throwback jerseys that's a little bit out there as well but when there's smoke there's fire the uh the owner of the binghamton devils has said he has been informed the devils will not be back next year yeah they're not coming back i we assume they're going to utica we assume there's no official when there's smoke there's fire i assume they're going to go to utica uh but will vancouver go to binghamton Probably no, not. Probably no, I was not. gonna say, yeah. The, the other part of this that's been confirmed is Vancouver has, yeah, has, is is leaving. They're gonna put, <laughs> they're gonna at least shoot for getting their team in their time zone. Yeah, or at least too closer than it is now. <laughs> and and will any team go to Binghamton? You know, is there any team looking to switch? Because Binghamton is going through some major renovations at their arena, which I don't know if they have started yet. Uh, but that's going to transform that building into a modern facility. Because if you look at it right now, uh, it, it's it's looking way older than it should be. It's, if, it's, little, it's not a good building, no. Yeah, it's a little bit Is of a that, dinosaur. It's sort of like the New Haven Coliseum Part 2 in some some ways in design. But was that's that too bad. That's too bad because I think in a few years, that's going to be a very beautiful arena. And we know Binghamton's a, a hockey town. We know they love their AHL. Will another team show up or will they – Opt for the ECHL route. Which what were you going to say, Kel? Oh, I would. Um, I've never been to Binghamton, so I don't. I don't know anything about the arena personally. They're not um, missing much, Kelly. Yeah, no, is it, is no. it one of the? Is it a much older building? Like, Seventy three. Like, oh, okay. So it's it's from the years. from the uh, brutalist, brutalist. <laughs> era. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's exactly, the exact exactly, term. Kelly. That is yeah. the exact term. It's one of those concrete square. Yeah, the, yeah, they just—it's like a like an Amish barn raising. They just built the same arena yeah. everywhere. They just plopped it down in a different location. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brutalist, which that's—I just saw a, a YouTube video on the New Haven Coliseum, a four-parter, which talks about that whole concept as well. Uh, but the, yeah, they're looking to renovate it. They they want to do face. They want to do two phases. The second phase will include a second ice sheet, a waterfront park, a hotel. Uh, and completely transform the appearance of that venue. Now, it'd be great if they have a hockey team there to help them, but it doesn't look like it's going to be the Devils, which is too bad. I, I 
I thought Binghamton was a good spot for the Devils. I, I think it's a nice little market there. I don't know how attendance has been. I, I know at one time they were attracting over 4,000 people, but that's been quite some time ago that they have done that. They're kind of like 3,000, three, a little over 3,000 people. Not terrible, but they do rank towards the bottom of the AHL in terms of attendance. Maybe 30 years ago that 3,500 mark would have been uh, respectable, but you know, the Devils apparently want to go someplace else. They made a list of demands that Binghamton ownership was unable to even consider possible. We don't know what those are. That hasn't been released. Uh, Tom Mitchell, the executive VP of uh, operations for the Binghamton Devils, uh, did not elaborate what those uh, demands were by the New Jersey Devils. We may find out sooner, soon enough, but as of right now, we don't know. So... Talk me off the ledge, Mark, from trashing the, the New Jersey Devils. because oh, well, You're a Flyers fan. That's no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm coming at this from a hockey fan right now. We're ignoring the Flyers' existence, which the Flyers have done all season anyway, so they're way ahead of me in that game. Um, do, do the Devils actually care about minor league hockey? I don't think they do. Right? <laughs> like. Now, for, for those who are, if they're new to the show, uh, there was this little team in Trenton called the Trenton Titans, who, yes, were owned by the Flyers. I'm not coming at it from the Flyers uh, aspect. I'm telling you like it is, and if anybody needs to correct me, all three of you, feel free. T- Titans were in there. They were a Flyers affiliate. We're selling that building out for years, with or without that cup. They did win the Kelly Cup. Uh, I don't know what happened and why, but the Flyers sold to the Devils. And they became the Trenton Devils. First and mistake. All, the, yeah. You said it first. You said it first. <laughs> Good. The almost overnight, that team stopped. They by the end of that first season, into the next, we we've both been there. Uh, I think I think Paul, you've not Paul, have you been to a Trenton Devil? You were Trenton Devils? I've been to the Trenton Devils. I've been to the Trenton Titans. Yeah. Slightly different experience. Before and after. Yes. They rebranded afterwards. Yes. uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, By the end of the first season and certainly going to that second season, nobody cared. Nobody cared. And when I say rebrand, the Devils name came in, the colors came in, and it was just, yeah, I don't know what happened. It killed that area. They would try to go to Boardwalk Hall and play different teams. You'd get more people there. Not by much. I've seen games at Boardwalk Hall with the Devils. There's not a lot of people there. Uh, the Flyers come back in and try to revamp Trenton, and it's too late. It's dead. And I'm pretty sure that I counted 100 people at that last game I wow. went to. Yeah, well, I, I think when you're in the Trenton, New Jersey market, you probably have a majority of Flyers fans. You may have some Devils, Ranger fans there. So I would try not to brain yourself the Devils in order not to that's what, that alienate was my, the Flyers fans, which makes perfect my, sense. My point, like, why would you do that? But the Devils organization likes to name all their teams the Devils. I, it's just like right now, if they do go to Utica, I wish they would keep the Comets name. Just change, and, If you want to change your red to the and, red and black and green, sure, yeah. no problem. Keep them the goddamn Comets. Yeah, keep them the Comets. It has a great history there. It, it comes from the Clinton Comets of the Eastern Hockey League. Uh, bring back that U logo with the devil tail as a side patch. 
That way you can have that cool logo that I used to like as a kid. Uh, but the problem with Tread, I don't think hockey has been back. No, no, it's dead. It's, it's which in that arena, you talk about Binghamton feeling old. The last time I was in the Trenton, I don't know what the core, I don't know what it's called. Sun now. National Bank Center or something. It, or it other. has a different, it has a, uh, it's, it's something else now. That feels much older than it's, I think it was built in 1998, 99. Like that arena has seen better days. And I don't know if the neighborhood, it's not a very walkable neighborhood there. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why the fans not come back after they uh, changed the name. It, it just seemed like, okay, we made a mistake. We're sorry. Come it was, it was, yeah, yeah. They were Come back. back. But <laughs> so nothing, nobody, no, you would think, you would even think a federal hockey league team would want to try. No one has tried. I go to see that tomorrow. <laughs> you probably have a hundred people. Oh my God. Know, man, if you've ever seen the federal league. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, the uh, NHL was in there or was in there. Okay. The U.S. junior team took up residence there. Ooh. I don't know if they're still. I don't know what's going on with the NAHL this year. Uh, no, there, there's no year. team there now, Kelly. I was, okay. I was, at an, I was actually just at an NAHL game this past weekend. Oh yeah. 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 I, I was. Yeah. I know they were playing. I just. I couldn't remember what happened with Trenton. A, a bunch of the um, teams, kind of in the Mid Atlantic, that uh, lost ECHL or well, not AHL, but ECHL teams wound up. They became NAHL. <laughs> yeah, some may just be on hiatus. Some some may be back yeah. next year. I'm not sure. I don't think that makes sense right anymore, though. Yeah, and then For, getting back sure. to Binghamton, we've seen a lot of teams leave. We saw the Whalers leave the Springfield, probably to be closer to operations. Rangers left to go to Hartford, maybe bigger market, more sponsorship opportunities. Uh, we saw the Senators leave to be closer to Ottawa uh, because Belleville had renovations to their venue. So if the Devils are going to Utica, is it because Utica has had all those wonderful sellouts and plus their arena had been renovated recently? Is it just opportunistic moves to get out of Binghamton, even though Binghamton claims to be a hockey town? And I would say they are. I mean, they, you know, they, they've always averaged around the same amount of people to their, uh, to their games. They're never going to get six, 7,000 people like Ontario or San Diego. It's just not a big enough arena or market to do that, but it's, it's a shame that we see teams, you know, leave throughout the history of uh, almost 50 years. All right. North, Jer- North Jersey boy. North Jersey boy. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to Jersey boy to Jersey boy. I'm going to need you to defend your honor. Okay. Whose fault is it? Is it Binghamton or is it New Jersey? <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm sure. I, I would say I, I don't like the Devils leaving. At, I, if the Devils had signed a five-year contract, you should honor that contract and leave after that sum. But there is an opt-out in this contract, is there it not? Is, is there not? Or I thought Utica. I don't know. I, thought, I, I, thought think both, I think they the both had opt-outs. Okay. Now, if there's an opt-out, then they have all legal rights to do that. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what they were demanding. We don't know that yet. But I think Binghamton is doing all it's can to make sure that it has a future in the AHL. But if I see that's the thing, I don't know if the Devils have an opt out. But if you if you say so, Paul, then then they I, have every right I'm, to leave. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure that I read there's opt outs on both ends. That's why people have put these puzzle pieces together as they have. Kelly, what's your uh, what's your thought on all this? Giving the history of minor league Devils teams. Oh man, they 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 don't have a really good run there since since Albany. Yeah, 
So there, uh, I was. I can actually trace it back further than that. Well, I was looking at the history there. Yeah, because yeah, um, so oh, their their first affiliate at like the their top affiliate was the Wichita Wind. Wind. So, yep. <laughs> um, which was the last year of that franchise. <laughs> yep. Wow. Who moved to Montana to I become the Montana Magic, and they closed up after one year. So. You must be looking at the same page I am, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's interesting. They don't list Trenton in the secondary list. Which yeah, they do. I, yeah, they is do. it? Down at the bottom. Oh, there it is. Okay. At the bottom where it friggin' belongs. I did did the same thing. It's like, where are the Trenton Devils? Oh, yeah, because I was looking for Trenton Titans, too. That would would, would be part of that problem. That would be part of that problem. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I can't say I've ever heard um, at, like, the AHL level. I've never heard anything interesting or exciting like promotion wise to try to get people in the building coming from an ahl devils team like you know you hear wacky stuff like all the time and uh, you know there's teddy bear tosses and there's this and there's that Mm. like because it's it's all about getting butts in the seats at the ahl level half of it these days is definitely playing young players and develop you know letting them play and figure out stuff and the young guys and the mix and all that but the other part of it is you need to get people in the building so that you can pay everyone and you know do it again the the next two days or whatever i never hear anything remotely interesting or or anything uh from from these devils teams which i mean kind of goes along with what i think of as the devils that's kind of their market is we play hockey and now it's getting exciting because they've got some really fun talent but we we don't play exciting hockey we you know we we win with our system and that's kind of oh, that, that used to be the case it's not working right now but <laughs> well i mean you know it helps you know. when you've got some guy named yeah. brodor in net so and <laughs> you, his son, oh, his son was in net the other day and that was weird i was watching the the bears and binghamton play and i saw brodor in the back of the the goalie shirt and i'm like oh. oh wait that time that timing would work out and i had to look it up because that's not a terribly uncommon name in in canada and i was like yep nope that's him as soon as he took his mask off i was like oh my goodness that is definitely his son <laughs> wow well i mean that that's interesting i do not recall the promotional events you know with with the devils minor league team but i know with utica i believe that uh the mohawk valley group operates uh the team the arena and controls the promotions there so maybe you'll see a difference Maybe you'll see a, a Utica Devils Martin Bredore bobblehead. There you go. That would yeah, be awesome. I've, There's the I've, connection he played there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and I've I've heard nothing but good things uh, about the Comets, uh, mm-hmm. the staff, the game day. Um, I, I have uh, two friends who are uh, locals there, and they love that team. I mean, they're hockey fans, anyways, but they love the Comet. There's there's a connection to that team, which is so cool to see because i mean utica went without a team for quite some time after yeah. the devils left yeah and no that, that was seems to be a, a trend as well <laughs> oh as that's someone well. who went to many many lowell devils games i can absolutely confirm what kelly was saying and you know kelly you were on on such a track that i was going to follow and let's just really quickly let's check out the history of devils affiliates and the scorched earth they've left behind <laughs> now you already you already talked about the wichita winds 
Great. Then uh, they went to the Maine Mariners, who promptly moved out of town to Providence. Uh, then you had the Utica Devils, who uh, ended up not having a team for a good 30 years. The Cincinnati Cyclones, well, I think they may have lasted a little while longer, but I don't think they Yeah, they're ever. still there. Cyclones yeah. are there. Well, they were yeah, only that, Cincinnati and the Devils are year. only affiliated with them for one, one year. year. And that's an IHL year. And then you've got, uh, coming up after that, Albany Riverettes. Um, then they left them, went to Lowell. Lowell hasn't had a team since they left. Went back to Albany. Albany has been done since they left. And now in Binghamton, who is also in danger of being done. Being without a team. Well, quite, I mean, a, Albany, quite a track record. Yeah, I did go to an Albany game many, many years ago, and there was there was nobody there. I mean, that, that's a giant arena. I know they cut off some of the seating there. Now, talking to a lot of Devils fans or minor league fans, although my dogs are barking, they can play more of the Albany market being a problem more than the Devils organization. But the River Rats were very successful for a long time. Hell, I liked the River Rats because they were called the River Rats. Yes, and I, I had a jersey at one time. I wish I, I wish I knew what I did with that. Well, yeah, and to the and the River Rats, the the time that they were the River Rats matched up with definitely the powerhouse years for the Devils. So, yeah, you know, chance. between the young guys that they were bringing in to get ready to feed into the boring system, <laughs> like they were playing the exact same system as the NHL, they put that in place. So the I don't know if that's still the case, but for you know for twenty years, the AHL Devils affiliate looked just like the Devil, only mm-hmm. only in the names on the back changed and you know it's one thing when you've got martin brodor in in net being martin brodor uh it's another when you're watching ahl level talent <laughs> try to work its way through the trap every single game because <laughs> they they put the system you learn the system because you were playing it when you if you got to the nhl you were playing that system so you needed to know it so they played it every night <laughs> and oh boy <laughs> Uh, I just just so you don't think I'm crapping on the devils, which no. I will at any which I would usually do in any juncture. But I, I, I told Mark, I was like, I'm not, it's not about that this week. I want to talk about minor league history about the devils. Um, I think it's boring for any team to at least not try to make their affiliate different a little bit. And I know I'm and it comes from a, a, a position of being spoiled. Phantoms. It's even even the logo is a twist on the Flyers logo, where it's basically the Flyers logo mirrored to look like a phantom, and the colors are different. Uh, it, the Hershey Bears, that's by mistake, well, not by mistake. That they were the Hershey Bears. They weren't being called anything else. Um, that was location, really. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yes, I will say the Providence Bruins. I just realized I took a huge steaming crap on the Bruins when I didn't mean to, but I think that's boring. <laughs> the only no, thing I will say this: well, I, the I Providence, like the, pee, the smoke pays. I was going to say I like the Providence Bruins using the yellow jersey, so they get my nod, uh, my the tip of the hat instead of the Boston Bruins. You guys, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Paul. I know you. I know you. I know. I know. Yeah, that was very interesting when the Providence Bruins came about in the mid '90s. Part of the deal was our mayor. Well, our mayor, I didn't live in Providence. Providence's mayor, Buddy Cancy, <laughs> insisted that the team be called the Bruins. They, the ownership did not want to call them the Bruins, but CNC wanted that connection. Okay, well, is that person still there? CNC died a while ago. Okay, well, 
Repent the shit out of that. Okay. I didn't didn't mean to curse, by the way. Sorry. What about when the Whalers were in Binghamton and they just tilted their logo on the side? That was a cool concept. But that's different. That's not. I love that. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh my, I mean, I think it's better than the Utica logo, but the Utica Devils logo is The Utica Devils Devils yeah. logo it's is infinitely great. better than the New Jersey Devils logo, which I hate. It's absolutely drives me insane. Classic. The, the, the look, Mark, the look Mark, Mark just gave you was everything Wonderful. I was hoping for in that episode. I can't stand it. It's not a complete either letter. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it's not an N. It's not a J. <laughs> I just want you to know, Mark, as much as I hate the devils, even I looked at her like she was crazy. I was like, what do you mean? It's great. It's MJ and the devil. What no, do you they, never had, they never had the Gordon Fisherman on their jersey. So This is true. <laughs> that, that's true. Point, hey, I like them better than the Islanders. That's yes, yes. But, uh, but look, I just, and I'm not like screw those minor league teams if they're the same, but I just think it's so much better to have a veiled reference to your team. Oh, no, it would be nice. Than a, than a, than a, we're the same. I hate Yeah, that. like reading. I'm, it's I'm not going to argue like, with you there. You're absolutely right. Try to read the room a little. Sorry, Paul. Like every, no, I agree with you. Every Ed, area is not the, the same. But uh, like I said, I, this is my, my, my hockey theory that well, it's, it's the, it's the way they function, not only as a team on the ice, but they function that way in management. It's just, Everything has to be the same because <laughs> we can't we can't even conceive of having to deal with different colors on our team. It might confuse the prospects. Or so. I have no idea what the reason. But Lamarillo's not there anymore. Well, see, that was that was the blame. It was oh, we'll lose in charge. Well, he's not here anymore. So you know, I they I guess a baby step was introduced in the uh, the third jersey, the throwback. Right. But, <laughs> the, the, I mean, that, talk okay, about here, a baby here, step. <laughs> yeah, a very, a very small baby step. But yeah, for some reason, there's certain teams that, like the Atlanta Braves in baseball, they wanted all their minor league teams to be called the Braves. Yeah, go after yourselves. They hate it, and, and so they stick a team in the Bra- in the in the Atlanta metro market, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we should change our logo and colors because no one's coming to our games and we're not selling merchandise. But uh, I, I really wish the Devils, if they are going to Utica, would would keep the Comets name, maybe change the colors up, you know, do something a little bit different to stand out. Because here, I think here, the Comets brand is huge right now. Here's why it won't happen. Look how much we're happen. talking about the Utica Devils. It's going to be the Utica Devils because they're going <laughs> to grab. No, and I'm not saying this in an insulting way. I'm not doing that. No, I know, no, Paul. It's... I know, Mark, what you're thinking. They're going to go for the nostalgia thing because the nostalgia thing, even for me, is, man, the Utica Devils were pretty awesome. We like that you, even Kelly was saying it. The logo was great, better probably than the parent um, franchise. Of course, they're going to bring that back. I, the yeah. prospect of that sucks. I, I, I Or keep the Vancouver colors and then put the Utica thing on it. I don't know. Just <laughs> do something yeah, different. I hate that. I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy. Well, the, the problem is they they treat it like they're McDonald's, and <laughs> no one cares about the Devils. No, no one cares about the Devils other than Devils fans. <laughs> like, well, it, I I think that that might be the case. No one does care about the Devils. How about this? How about the Utica Devils? Do not will sport jerseys with green and red. Not oh, I'm green, down. Not red I'm down. Black. That even that's better. That's that, fine. They did that. I, I'm down. <laughs> All you, gotta do, all you got to do to get him to go along with anything, Mark, is just put green in, put it. Green in it. 
no, 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 no. green colors, but I kind of appreciate them now. Hold on. Is in the case of the Devils, Kelly, what was I saying when that jersey came out? As much as I hate the Devils, he loved oh, you them. Lo- you I love remember that. Jersey. that. I love the green and red. I don't care what anybody says. That green and red's great. It's like yeah. a Christmas jersey. Who cares? There's Paul. Yeah, that's. Hey, yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid looking like. As a kid watching, I think there was a show called Rinkside. It used to come on MSG Network. It was from TSN, and they would always show the highlights, and you would get to know the AHL teams and players. And I remember seeing that Utica logo thinking, oh, yeah, that's the Devils. That's their minor league team. That's so cool. Yeah, when it when it's some sort of like when there's it seems like there's some kind of relationship between the two. I, I always think it's better. I always really liked um, what the Kings tried to do. Um, when they, oh, when they really got into the game, so you had the LA Kings, you had the Manchester Monarchs, and the Reading Royals. Yeah, so you had, a, you had yeah. a theme. Different. They had different logos. They had different colors. They would sometimes they'd go to the black and silver or whatever. But I thought that was that was a really cool way to uh, approach it. But I, you know, yeah. not many places do that anymore. I don't know. I I'm not sure either um, these days uh, if. I think it seems to be that the model is moving to the NHL teams owning the the affiliate teams. Um, I think back in the day, especially 80s and 90s, it was a lot more of independent ownership who had they had agreements, but it you know the 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 ownership in that town uh, were the ones who actually ran the team you know day to day, and they got players from from the NHL, but you know what was happening, uh, you know, a staff and that kind of thing was based on what the owners of that team said not what uh you know in this case the devils were were telling them from i don't even know where they were based at that point <laughs> it's Rutherford. been a lot it's been a lot yeah <laughs> it would be nice if the devils can just stay in one town for more than what five yeah. six seven years and just kind of develop a fan base in that market and, and let's be honest, fans in Utica and fans in Binghamton, they're smart and intelligent. They know the difference between uh, ECHL, AHL, independent hockey. And I feel I feel bad for the people in the Southern tier because it's like, dang, once again, oh, they're, they're, oh yeah, Albany Devils. It's like, dang, once again, you know, we're somebody's leaving us. You know, we're showing support. We're make we're, we're about to make renovations to our building. I don't know what the economic status is in Binghamton. I know the Mets almost left, uh, they left the double, a, they almost moved the double a team out of there. And I think, uh, Chuck Schumer stepped in to yep. save it. Oh, thank God. Chuck Schumer did. Yeah. Something so apparently people want to leave Binghamton. It's so I have a question. Binghamton, that's why you want to leave. I have a question. I only yeah. went here to find out how to get away from here. <laughs> the question down the line. Since we're talking about the aesthetics of the Devils, I know that the Binghamton Devils aesthetic is generally considered crap, but I think it's good enough and different enough that I actually like it, even though it looks like a little pencil on his chin. Um, how, how, what do you guys think? I'll go to the graphic designer first, Kelly. The, the tail is disturbing on the current logo. <laughs> Um, when it was a letter, I was okay with it. Uh, again, it works better in every logo other than the New Jersey logo. Um, but the current one with just the, the face is really is just I don't like it. It's it's not um, it's not symmetrical and all that. And then they've got this this 
stupid label on the helmet that says devils. I, I didn't notice it until <laughs> yeah, yeah it is, right. it is. I didn't even notice it until Kelly pointed it out to me the last time the Phantoms played before they got COVID protocol that we're good Paul we got a good look at it perfect that we that that it's a devil with a helmet on the front that says devil as if we didn't know already that they were the devils I was confused that the horny sunburn man was <laughs> not a devil I I'm sunburn like, good it's we got it he's a pencil sunburned horn tail thing guy with a helmet it seems weird that he would need a helmet but that's besides the point <laughs> yeah maybe they're going for the seinfeld reference or whatever <laughs> that would just be another reason i hate it so <laughs> <laughs> all right mark any closing thoughts about because i do want it while you're here i do want to mention the one other bit of hockey news unless paul has to add anything um oh i no I, i'm not, i never liked the Binghamton devils logo either it you know my thing is you know and and people who are listening uh devils are named after the jersey devil which is this mythical creature that lives in the pine barrens that doesn't really look like what we think of as a devil i would no, like somebody like a, i would love like for somebody to come up with a cute cartoon character of that image and i've seen one i have to look for it I've Please seen somebody that, yeah. do it. I, I showed that to you before. Somebody could come up with that as a logo, as a mascot. That would be excellent. Yeah, because the New Jersey Devil is like a horse, horse hoofed creature. Yeah, horse hoofed creature. Big huge head, and he's got wings. Yeah, and he's, he's wings. The, he's the thirteenth child of the Leeds family. Yeah, and, it's a unique. It's a unique. Uh, which I always found the lore of this confusing because the Leeds, Mrs. Leeds, was so mad that she had a child, even though she would know that she had sex, uh, that she damned it to hell. And when he was born, he was the hard Jersey Devil that you see still alive, hundreds of years later to this day, in the yeah. Pine Barrens in New Jersey. Sometimes he flies over to Philly and says hello. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, because because all the logos the Devils have have, have been your you know Christian based. Yeah, I never understood why they didn't just straight up because even the New Jersey Devils, the original Jersey Devils in in Cherry Hill Arena, even they had a a less Christian devil. Yeah. Where it was kind of like, what the is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Since I have Mark here, I'm going to include him in this discussion. Uh, The ending with the Devils talk. uh, The a, a, a record was broken, even with correct grammar, this past uh, Monday. If you didn't see the gloves, Kel, I'll explain in a second. It was amazing. Um, Patrick Marlowe has, is it the all-time most play, games played in the NHL? Has beaten Gordie Howe, has uh-huh. played the most games in NHL history. And I already asked Kelly offline, so I'm going to ask her first. He's an all-star, correct? You mean a Hall of Famer? Hall of Famer, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also want to point out that I did see a lot of people, sure you understand who, that were saying he's nowhere near as great as Gordy Howe. Like, nobody said that. He is indeed going to be a Hall of Famer based on oh, his accomplishments no, no alone. Question. No question about it. And he just played more games than Gordie Howe. No one said that, oh, he's better than Gordie Howe. No one in the world, in the, in the rational hockey world, said that or thought that. Anyway, uh, our guest, Mr. Mr. Viquez tonight, uh, 
Patrick Marlowe, is he a uh, Hall of Famer? Based of course, he's, he's got 500 goals, 500 assists. Yeah, he's, he's a Hall of Fame. He's he's high on these lists too. He's I, not I like I can tell bottom. you this. He's probably not a name you think about. He's he's he's. You look at his stats. You look at his record. The proof is in the pudding. And I think sometimes uh, you get arguments with uh, people who say this person should be in the Hall of Fame. That person isn't, especially in baseball. Uh, <laughs> I, I you look at his stats. I think five hundred twenty-two goals. Five sixty-six. 566. Okay. So 566 goals, even better. And he may even, he may even play a few more years. He may have 600 goals. So God bless him. I love the fact that there are guys still, they were born around the same time as I was in the seventies that are still playing professional hockey. So God bless him. Yes. He's a hall of famer. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Damn it. You're in it. Yeah. See Jersey guys know what's up. You're wrong. And you're an idiot. This is what yes. happens when two Jersey guys hang out, Paul. Yeah. They get well, all loud. Well, you have two New Englanders, so we'll balance them out. With, with oh, yeah, really? Correctness. Really? With actual correctness. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. You got two New Englanders. You, Shut up. Shut up, you sons of bitches. You're both in the same area. Rude. Loud. That's right. Opinionated. <laughs> Connecticut bastard. <sighs> and Speak of the Devils, they were down 6 nothing. Now they're down 7-5. Woo-hoo. Okay. They come back. He's that, yeah, when you when you first asked that question, Dan, is Patrick Marlowe a Hall of Famer? My first instinct was no, yeah. but then I opened up his stats. Then I went, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those he's guys. Got, he's got the longevity and he's got the numbers. I mean, hey, what what else can you do? Yeah, I mean, it, if Ovi hadn't been in the league, he would have been the goals guy. He's been second to Ovechkin, I think, like his entire career, which obviously precedes Ovechkin. But like, he was putting up. 30, 40 goals a season regularly. It's just Ovi was putting up 50 for a while. You know, like he was just putting up crazy numbers, but he was out in San Jose for the majority of his career and he's back now. Um, so, you know, that West Coast thing, I think, comes into play there too. But he's got I, that Marcel Dion thing going where he was on teams that didn't have a ton of success and he just kind of did his thing out there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you ask any, any um, big hockey fans, I don't think there's much doubt. I might have just stumbled on a on a good comparison there, Marcel Dion. I was I only asked because I saw that conversation this weekend way too much. I saw two things that he was on the he was as good as Gordy Howe, or people are arguing that he's nowhere near as Gordy Howe, and I'm like nobody, literally nobody said this, and that there is a discussion on him being in a Hall of Fame. I'm like. Read, <laughs> yeah. What are you? I don't understand what you're. It's like, yeah, who, who's the all-time leader in uh, games played in the other sports, like baseball? Who's played the most games in baseball? I don't know. That's a very good question. May, may, well, I'm trying to think. It's like uh, in, in basketball, isn't it Carl Malone? Hey, Siri. Oh, who's Carl Malone played the I most games in MLB Baseball's history. either Cap Anson or Ty Cobb. It's somebody who right, played well, 25. Yeah, I mean, you, wouldn't consider, Robinson? you wouldn't consider Cap Anson as the best baseball player ever. No. I mean, in basketball, you wouldn't consider listen. Carl Malone as the best but they played the longest. If you can put in, he's been playing since 1997. I, I mean, if you can put in 23, 24 years of service, good service. And like you say, he played for San Jose for the majority of his yeah. career. What a draft, huh? Joe Thornton at one, yeah. Patrick Marlowe at two. You guys want to know who played the most games in MLB history? Yeah. Call you he, he won't Pete. be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Pete, Ro- is Pete it Rose. Pete Rose? 
Get out of here, really. But would you say Pete Rose was the best baseball player wow. of all time? No, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. No. You know but what? I, I, can tell you, I can tell you about Pete Rose if he well, did not. Well, let me phrase that. He is a Hall of Famer, except. Except, yeah. <laughs> if by, he did not have that. Baseball stats, yes, he should be. That's what I mean. Yes. Have, yeah. If he did yeah. not have that scandal, I think we would look at Pete Rose a little bit differently because. P. Rose was one hell of a player. My mom right? tells a story, dude. Mark. Three different positions. I mean, the guy could do anything you ask him to. I mean, couldn't get a good haircut. Mark, my mom tells a story She where Pete Rose came to Philadelphia. She's like, what? No. Why would you? He sucked. Well, he sucks <laughs> now. I, and she's like, prove to me that he's worth it. And what happened? And she's like, well, he pretty shut me up because there, there you go. Didn't he have a bad first year? And. Like yeah. 380 or something like that. Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was productive up until about age 40, I think, yeah. right around then he started gambling. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, the body body catches up with you, but wow, Pete Rose, most games. I, I guess I mean that makes sense. Wow. Most games in NBA history. Carl Malone, I believe. Probably Carl Malone. Apparently. Football George Blaine. Well, they're they're including they're including NBA and ABA now. Well, they've yeah, they've always had. So it's Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish. Wow. Robert Parrish with 1611. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 1560. Vince Carter with 1541. And Dirk Nowitzki with 1522. Wow, we're not even anywhere close. I didn't even hit the top four there. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a basketball. I am not basketball man. Hoops man, all right. How could you not get Robert Parrish? You know, once he said, I was like, shit, I should have known that. That makes sense. Yeah, I know because he did play 20 years. The mailman's at number six at 1476. All the guys passed him afterwards, even the guys who were younger than him. Kobe Bryant is in the top 20. I was wondering about that. He certainly is. You know who's not? Michael Jordan. No. I kept retiring. John Stockton. Stockton's in there at 1504. Stockton played a long time. Yeah, he did. Um, Kevin Garnett. He's in the Hall of Fame. He didn't win a championship, right? No. Who, John Stockton? No. We don't talk negatively about John Stockton. No, I was just wondering if he's in the Hall of Fame because he never won a championship. Is yeah, he yeah. in the Hall of Fame? I think he would just based on oh, longevity. Stockton? Yeah, Stockton's, Stockton's, Stockton's absolutely in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Stockton. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, I, my I, God. Yeah, 2009. That's often a debate. I know when that. Is it time for me to break out my Brad Park quote? Hold on. He's a 10 time <laughs> NBA All Star. He's a two-time NBA first team, six-time NBA second team. I don't uh, really care. No, but what I'm saying is ten <laughs> times. But what I'm saying is, you get the ten-time NBA All Star. I don't care how many trophies you want. He's ten-time NBA All Star. Well, this, um, when you talk about Hall of Fame, people bring up championships, and the the argument I've heard for for a lot of people is like championships are are one thing, but for the Hall of Fame, it really comes down to individual awards. Because it's about you as a player. Championships are are team championship. Yeah. You know, it takes a team to win. One guy doesn't win a championship, so whatever. Bring I mean, it. a championship pretty much guarantees if you're border borderline that you'll probably wind up in there. If you're if you're close enough stat wise, you wind up in there if you've got the championship on the resume. But for yeah, like like you were saying with Stockton, obviously a hugely impactful individual player he just never won a championship but yeah one of the best ever yeah my, my view is it might break you know i might tilt the scale at the end if you're close like you said kelly but it's not going to be the determining factor no yeah there's horrible players who've won, <laughs> who've brad, won brad, Park, brad park's famous quote there are guys who have won a whole lot more championships than i have who couldn't carry my jock <laughs> bringing it back to hockey do you can, and 
Forgive me I if I don't. Brad Park. Like you, yes, you, you pretty much brought up Brad Park. Is. I have no idea who Brad Park is. Um, <laughs> former Ranger, former Bruins it, defenseman. Yeah, okay, that's why I don't care. Seventies, um, <laughs> sure, greatest defenseman of all time. Awesome, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> he kind of he came after Bobby Orr. I right? know the name. Listen, I know the name, but you, I, I couldn't tell told you what his number was, what he looked like, what position he played in. Twenty two. He had uh, dark brown hair, kind of that's parted the, to the side. Not helping me. They, that's like. 5,000 guys in the area. You look like you're a typical hockey player in the 70s. That's what I was going to say. Look- Every 70s hockey player. <laughs> uh, that's what I was about I mean, to say. I, yeah, so I know Brad Park lost a lot of Stanley Cup so Rangers. I was about to say, did he, did, he, did he look like he was 70 at 50, or is that what's going on? No, no, no. They uh, actually brought him in to, to pair with Bobby Orr, and then Bobby Orr busted his knee. <laughs> of course. Was he, he part did. of the Esposito trade? Did he? Was he? No, welcome to the. Obey the Brad Middleton. Park episode. Oh, okay. They got Rick Middleton for Esposito. So anyway, question. Host is talking now. Um, question. Oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> Thank you for playing along. This is what Paul. happens after we have to hear about the Flyers for a month. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Nashville now. Now we're talking about Brad Park. <laughs> Michael, Parks is a, Michael Parks is a great actor. Um, recreation. So, do players? Has any player ever gotten voted into the Hall of Fame before he stopped playing? Mario Lemieux. Well, he was officially retired. Yeah, was he, he retired in though? Came back. He, he retired was and came back. Yeah, he retired and came. So back. I'm saying, is you think Ovi will get in before he stops playing? <laughs> that was oh, my no. question. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, there's. Probably, I, mean, I think Mario was was elected special consideration. I think him and Gretzky. There were only a couple guys like, who got. Like they waived the waiting period for yeah. just a couple of guys. Right. Yeah, like Roberto Clemente was waived when he was elected for baseball. Well, that was for obvious reasons. Yeah. Kobe Bryant as well. Am I correct on that? Slightly obvious reasons. No, maybe. No. No, Kobe's just going in this year. He's been retired. He was going in as yeah. five years. Okay. Has it has it been that long? Not that it he matters retired. now. Oh six, he retired. I th- yeah, you're right. Wow. Oh, no, it wasn't oh six. Six sixteen, I think he meant. Sixteen. 16. Ugh, can't do math. Sixteen. I was say, oh, six. I the same thing. People say, you know, that was twenty years ago, and I think, all right, that's nineteen eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it <No>. old. <laughs> well, since I don't care about Brad Park. I think it's time to end this. Well, you can you can just leave, and we'll discuss okay. Brad Park's career in great depth and detail. I'll see Talk you later. Starting with, his, starting with his haircuts in 1971, 72 Stanley Cup Rangers losing look, to the look Bruins. up overtime game winner against Buffalo. One of the best play by play calls ever. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. About were, let's just put it this way: you were leaving. <laughs> Brad, Brad Park won a game seven in overtime against Buffalo one year. And Fred Cusick was spazzing out so badly that the guy from Buffalo said, I would talk, but you wouldn't be able to hear me over the Boston guy screaming in the next booth. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Does he make the Boston Bruins life terrible? Or the Rangers? I mean, no. Did he make the Rangers life of misery? It was a horribly one-sided trade when they got him. Good. I think they got him and John Rattel at the same time. Then uh, that's all I care about. As long as the Rangers are miserable, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I have priorities of teams I hate. Uh, anyway, factually, that's not true. The Flyers are, are very well. T- what do you want, Paul? I got news. Uh-oh. No, nothing Nothing huge. Oh, okay, good. Got a couple new GMs in the NWHL. That's right. I saw that. and then Two of them. 
I went out. Dan actually did errands today. The first time since March. Dan, Dan, I'm talking to the third person. Dan went out and got some stuff done because he's vaccinated and he doesn't care anymore. And he wore a mask the entire time. So grow up, you bastards. Anyway, yes, NHL news. And WHL news. Go for it. Metro Riveters' new general manager is Anya Packer. So she is jumping over from heading the, the Players Association to running the Metro Riveters. That worked out. Yeah. Well, now she got that job. I have no idea. And, and, and I told her I want to see her trade her wife now. Because <laughs> her wife plays for the Riveters. That would be awesome. She, she <laughs> thought it would be a good idea. No, she didn't say that. She just, she just laughed at the idea. And uh, the Boston Pride have a new president. Not a general manager. They have a new president. Uh, hockey legend Colleen Coyne is going to be the new president of the Pride. Wow. Local, local legend in women's hockey is now going to be running the Pride. Now, the Riveters, where do they play? The other side of Jersey. The, the, wrong, the wrong side. Well, the, the, the uh, pasture side up in northern northwestern New Jersey. The pasture side. <laughs> they, used to, they used to play at the Devil's Practice Facility. In West Orange. Yeah, and then now they, they move somewhere farther out from the city. I'm glad they left because soon they were going to wear uh, red and black and be called the Devils. Be the Devils. They did change their colors to red. They had those red jerseys, remember? Yeah, yeah. they were like, we're going to wear red for the Devils. Like, no, no, stop before it's too late. You're one step away for the She Devils. Don't do it. The She Devils. <laughs> the She Devils. That'd be a cool. That'd be a nice twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, the She Devil. That would be the so she awesome Devils. in 2021. No, oh, I mean, you can't get rid of the Riveters. That's the best logo in the league. That is the best. Yeah, Kelly brings up a good point. The Buttes. <laughs> yeah. I made that the National Women's Sexist Hockey League. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember the episode we did when we had re- unveiled the names, and it was. The Pride, the Riveters, the Buttes. <laughs> one of these okay. things is <laughs> not like the other. Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so the other news from today was the uh, the OHL officially shut it down for the season. Oh. There, there was some question about them playing at least some kind of schedule, and then that became a question of what to do with the kids in the AHL for the most part. Um were playing there they would have had to go back if they were under 20 or some complicated thing um but they shut it down officially today do do we know if these kids are getting an extra year of eligibility i have no idea scan through the article here see if they mention anything because at least the college ncaa kids who are playing hockey at least are getting an extra year if they so choose except for the i mean i hope so that would that would be the right thing to do you think you know, well, we right all know it's not always the obvious thing. Hockey sure. organizations aren't really keen on doing the right thing a lot of the time. So. Nor is the NCAA. Yeah. I said hockey organizations. Yeah. The NCAA. You know, the article hockey. I have doesn't doesn't mention anything. Yeah. They they just mentioned the rules of players younger than 20 from drafted from an OHL team would have had to go back or whatever. Well, this has one, been one of our longest episodes in a long time, and I had a great time doing it. Uh, I'm going to cut it short, though, because it's short. short. I'm going to cut it shorter, though, because uh, I've been having technical difficulties on the Twitch end all night. So, like, 90% of the people that were tuning in couldn't even see the broadcast. So, if you're listening, it'll be up tomorrow night on YouTube, 6 p.m. 
full episode. Flyers Woe and Devils in Utica. Uh, with that mm. being said, Mark, where do people follow you? You can follow me at Ballpark Hunter on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out my latest video review of the Berry Bowl in Logansport, Indiana. Uh, Paul, it's your turn. I'm at Puckman R.I. Kelly is at None of Your Damn Business. Follow me on all social media platforms at DanLaw83. If you're watching on YouTube, watch us live on twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. If you're at Twitch, go back to YouTube. Uh, VOCNation.com. If you're on your phone, go to your podcast app or Spotify. Type in VOC Nation Radio Network and listen to all the episodes there. Thank you very much for Mikey D from the Orange Back Plat Orange and Black Pack. I've never said it right anytime I've said it out loud. Uh, look for them on social media. Um, we will get him back on soon to do a Flyers only episode where I won't involve any of you. And keep your ears from bleeding that week. And thank you to Ballpark Hunter Mark Viquez for joining us. For Mark, for Mike, Thanks for, for Paul, me. for Kelly. I am Dan. See you later. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Okay, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <clears throat> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.